Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Do you want to mention a new series we have? It just came out. It's called Shark Tank Ready. It features Matt Higgins. Uh, he's a guest shark, a recurring guest shark on uh, Shark Tank, and uh, author of a critically acclaimed book called Burn the Boats, which is phenomenal. And uh, basically what he's doing in this series is uh, talking to our audience about ways they can be prepared to talk to a shark or a loan officer or friends and family when it comes to uh, getting funding for their business. So make sure you check that out over at priceofbusiness.com. Uh, really looking forward to this segment I'm going to be doing today. Uh, it's regarding uh, a, an author, with an author actually, of an interesting book called Good Money Resolution, How to Make, make More Money to Do More Good. Derek is CEO of Good Money Framework, and Derek, welcome to the program. I know you've been all over the place. I've catched you. I've caught you rather on some other media, and glad that we can get you on our program. Kind of tell us a little bit about your background and your story uh, before we get into your book. You bet. Well, Kevin, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure uh, to be with you. You know, the book is called Good Money Revolution, and what I wrote it was there was this emerging voice in culture that I began to hear a couple of years ago that began to say money is bad. And if you have a lot of money, you're really bad. And if you have a successful business, well, then you're the villain in the story. And as I consulted clients as a financial advisor, I began to, to sense that some people didn't want to make more money for how they would be viewed because they didn't want to be someone who was viewed as a bad person. And I really wanted to take direct aim at that because I believe that good people uh, should have more money to do the good work that needs to be done. And so I'm on a mission now to empower people to not just make money, but go make a lot of it and use it for the good that they've always wanted to do. And so the book has received a national recognition, and I think it's hitting a nerve with business owners and individuals that, you know what, money can be perhaps the greatest lever for positive change ever if used the right way. And the question is, would you rather have the good people or the bad people in the world have the money? Well, I want the good yeah. people because of all the good they can do. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. And thanks for correcting me on the title. I appreciate that. I have my own titles running through my head, I think, when I introduced your book. <laughs> um, talk about, and by the way, I wrote a book called Make, Making New Rich Books Work for You, is a book I wrote, and uh, very similarly themed. In fact, uh, I think there's a lot of neuroses around money that starts very early in our upbringings, depending on how we are raised. You know, like in my own case, I, I use myself a lot as an example in it. Uh, I was raised by Great Depression uh, children, you know, the children of the Great Depression. So I heard a whole lot about never having enough money, you know, uh, always living a daily existential crisis. Uh, only rich people have money. Uh, rich people are bad because they have money. Uh, I heard all of those kind of narratives. And then you've got a whole religious uh, background, depending on one's religions, where we put a whole lot of nobil nobility in, uh, in poverty. In fact, there's whole religions that make that uh, sanctimonious for their most uh, important members of their churches. Um, and, and there's this, of course, the love of money 
it, it's it's we, what we've heard more often than the, than the accurate quotation. Money is the root of all evil. The actual source, the actual source was is the love of money is the root of all evil. Um, and and both even that can be distorted. And so we have a lot of factors and forces that ingrain a hostility towards money. Well, we do, Kevin, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. And what I would do is, as you're listening right now, I would just take you back to your early childhood, or it could even be a, a comment that someone made well-meaning but inadvertent uh, even recently. And they might have said something to the effect of, you know, if only we had more money, then we could, and then fill in the blank, we could have the life we want, or we could afford what you're asking for, or we could do the things other people get to do. And, and what happens is that young people, especially not knowing anything else, because it's modeled by the people that love them and they love, feel like that they're suddenly the haves and the have-nots. And they grow up believing that there is a limit to what they can earn, to the opportunities they can receive. And what that does is that leads them to live a minimum wage life. And I believe that if people have this minimum wage mentality of only certain opportunities can come to me, I can only earn a certain amount of money, that leads to a minimum wage mentality and you will never achieve the true financial potential that you've got. And I'll tell you a quick story. There was a woman named Debbie that came to me recently, and she said, Derek, I, I want to leave my job. I want to go make more money somewhere else. And I said, I tell you what, Debbie, before you do that, would you try an experiment with me? And I knew this had worked many, many times, but I wanted her to discover this. And I said, before you jump, do this. And she was the administrative assistant at a small engineering firm. And so she felt like she was overworked, overlooked, and underappreciated, which many people listening can relate to, I guess. And I said, Debbie, in your current role as the administrative assistant, what could you do right now to increase sales, reduce expenses, and help grow the business? Well, she took a little while and we brainstormed. And one of the ideas was her boss would always complain to her about being overworked, that he didn't have enough time in his schedule to go bring in new customers. He was always servicing existing business, and he knew he couldn't grow the company if he didn't make more sales calls. And so Debbie came up with an idea of what if she were to get licensed and then she could take the bottom 25% of the people her boss called on, she could become the servicing person for that person, those clients, and it would free up her boss. Well, she pitched her boss on this idea. He loved it. He actually commented on what a joy it was to have someone who worked for a company think like an entrepreneur. So another idea that Debbie had was there was only one salesperson in the company, and they relied on this woman to bring in all the sales. And what Debbie said was, what if you empowered the entire team of 15 people and you incentivize them to say, if you introduce someone that you know to our salesperson and it turns into a real lead and a contact in business, you'll get handsomely rewarded for that. Well, suddenly the entire company was motivated to help grow the business. Get this, Kevin, within six months, Debbie, who was on the verge of jumping ship to make more money, was now making about $30,000 more than she was six months ago because she found ways to add value to the company and therefore she became more valued. And the question I would ask mm -hmm. each of you listening is, what can you do right now in your current job where you can help increase business, reduce expenses, 
and grow the business because if you can help your boss get what's important to them, you will likely make more money as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's really, you know, and uh, that's a very good point. In fact, we have a lot of that going on in our own business, uh, just shifting the roles of different employees. I Me, mean, it's, 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 you know, exploring their comfort level. Can you do this? Can you do uh, more of this? And so a lot of times when people are hired, uh, and I, you know, I think your point is that they're hired for very specific roles, and both the employer and the employer are, uh, both the employee and the employer are locked in a box on what the employee should be doing based on that role. But the reality is, is that both of them uh, are unfamiliar of the employee's ability to do more. You know, and every once in a while that employee gets created, wants to do more, wants to pursue more, wants to make more. That's a real big, uh, a big lure, if you will. Um, so this is a great example. Well, unfortunately, a lot of this doesn't even happen. I'm sure it took some serious coaching to get her to the point to, to have that ability to uh, – uh, assert that. Well, it did, Kevin. And once she did it, the confidence that came out in her, because not only was she now believing in her own abilities, but she wasn't settling for the 4% raise that most people get thrown to them every year, thinking that, well, I can do the best job I can and the most I can ever gain is a 4% salary increase. And I would just tell people listening right now, that is flat dead wrong. And if you want 2023, to be a better year than 2022, you've got to think differently. And right now, the power has shifted to the employees. And if you can find ways not just to bang on your boss's door and demand the raise, which they might give you because of the cost that it would take to replace you and put the ad in the paper and train you, but if you can seriously take a step back and think like, if I was the business owner, what would I want someone to tell me in terms of helping grow this business? The boss can't help but want to give you more money because you're helping make them more money. And then to get this in, Kevin, is if there is a cause that you care deeply about. One of our clients recently said, you know, Derek, I really want to do a scholarship for STEM, this science, technology, engineering, math for, for young girls in my neighborhood because they don't have these same opportunities. She then was motivated to go make more money to then set up a scholarship, and she gave like $1,000 a year to the local high school to then give to two girls deserving young ladies every year because it fulfilled a void that she had that she wished someone had done for her. So it's this win-win where you're making more money, adding more value, and you're doing more good, and that really leads to lasting meaning more than what people think that just making a lot of money can do for you. Yeah, absolutely. Derek Kinney is our guest. He is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author. Um, real quickly, with just a couple of minutes left, Derek, kind of talk about how you work with people. I, obviously, the most basic and easy level is to read your book, but talk a little bit about how you, you work with your clients. Yeah, well, something that we're doing, Kevin, that's unique is we're actually giving part of the book away for free. I just believe in this message so much, and I want to help people do better financially, they can go to goodmoneychapters.com, goodmoneychapters.com, and download the first five chapters of the book completely for free. And in the first five chapters, there's quite a bit of practical uh, insights that people can use to begin making more money now. But let's say that you're a business owner, you're an individual, that you want to grow your business or you just want to make more money to do more good. We also do one-on-one -on -one private strategy sessions and consulting with people 
and I do quite a bit of speaking around the country with the whole purpose of don't just go make a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with that, but you're going to wake up and realize you're really not as fulfilled as you thought you would be. But if you make money and you use it for good, now you're living every day with meaning and you're making the impact you've always wanted. But step one, go to goodmoneychapters.com and download those first five chapters for free. Yeah, I like that. Wow, that's a lot there. Uh, and that's a pretty smart strategy on your part because they'll be unusually invested after five chapters. How do they not finish the book? That's what I'm thinking, right? That's exactly right. So you can go to the, the book is available uh, everywhere, everywhere it's you know, available, Amazon, wherever you buy your favorite books. But, uh, Kevin, I've really enjoyed this time. You've got a great audience, and I, I hope that you know, uh, uh, your listeners are inspired and, 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 and want to do more to make more money because of the good they can do with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go to goodmoneychapters.com. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, goodmoneychapters.com to download the first five chapters for free. Make sure you check that out. I am Kevin Price. Thanks for being with us. Good Money Revolution. Make sure you learn about that. This really speaks a lot to what I wrote in my book. There is something go on, going on. We have almost a national neurosis around money. And uh, very, good, uh, very good concept. Make sure you check it out. I am Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business.